Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the NTT20 betting show, sponsored by the kind people at Black Type. Black Type are still offering a £10 free football selection for anyone who hasn't signed up to Black Type. Now, you just need to use the offer code NTT20 as you sign up. And when you make a football selection, you'll see a £10 free bet in the bet slip. This is, of course, for over 18s only. They're also offering £20 for winning our scoreboard competition. Now, no one won scoreboard last week. It's a very tense part of the campaign, but there's still only 1-0-0 across the whole EFL. That was Oxford and Wimbledon. Two people actually picked that, uh, but neither of them picked one of the five games across the three leagues that went over 4.5. League One was a particularly fertile crop last weekend for that. So get involved this week. Tweet us your picks. That is a game that will be nil-nil and a game that will be over 4.5 in the EFL only. Tweet those to at NTT20pod and at BlackTypeBet and you'll win a £20 free bet if you win. George, last week was difficult for us, it's fair to say. Nothing seemed to come in. Both of us lost our naps and it was all in all a, a fairly miserable weekend. Now, I've actually drafted in the help of Bristol City manager Lee Johnson to release a statement on behalf of both of us. This is what he had to say when it was put to him that the Not The Top 20 boys had a bit of a shocker. Yep, on the day, um, of course, like you, like you say, you said it, if you like, not me. We should make it clear that that is just a bit of fun, that Lee Johnson was certainly not discussing us or our betting picks. But what did it mean for us in terms of the numbers and in terms of our season competition? Yeah, so it was, as you mentioned, a pretty poor week for both of us. Uh, thanks, Lee, for his input there. Um, I was minus 4.5, you were minus 5.05, you're minus 27.37, I'm minus 15.41, and let's move on. Yeah, well, uh, I've been thinking about it. Someone suggested the other day that as the weeks dwindle, or rather the weeks remaining dwindle, uh, it might be worth starting to uh, increase the risk a little bit, start to, to chase some longer prices. So it's happening this week, George. I'm going all out now. I think we've got four shows left, so I, I can almost certainly not make it back to level par, if you will. But I might be able to catch you if I really get hot one week. So I've got to go gung-ho. That will be reflected in my picks this weekend. Let's kick off with the match in focus, mate. Uh, it's Burton against Bort. Portsmouth is what we've picked here. This one's live on Sky Sports at three o'clock on Good Friday. Uh, the reason we picked this one, well, it's two real form teams and it should be an entertaining affair as well. Burton, four wins and a draw, which was away at Sunderland in their last five, scoring 15 goals in that time. And Pompey have won their last five games in the league, scoring 14 goals in that time. So, uh, George, this just generally, we thought, was was a game between two teams full of confidence and quality as well. Yeah, I mean, Burton and the team at the moment, I'm kind of taking the most out of looking at next season. Um, I think given the, you know, the size of the club and what they'd done previously, I think this relegation was always going to take a little bit of time. And I think you and I both wondered and doubted if they were going to be able to launch a promotion assault this this time of asking. And, and to be fair, they haven't done that. Um, it, it looks like you know that they're, they're 100 to 1 or so to, to get into the top six. But I think we can all basically agree that unless Doncaster are going to lose all of their games, um, Burton's race is pretty much run. Um, but uh, I mean, they're, they're a fantastic team. They're a team who at the moment are, are taking a hell of a lot of shots. And that's quite a good thing in football. Um, and where previously in, in the season they were maybe struggling to, to turn their shots into results, um, they're now getting the goals to go with it. I mean, a, a very easy 3-0 victory on the road at Scunthorpe, um, which I tipped up last week. We were looking at them um, dispatching Barnsley, who are now you know, back to being 
favourites for automatic promotion, um, just, you know, absolutely hammering Accrington 5-2. It's, it's really impressive, and then there's a lot like about them going forward. Um, Portsmouth, on the other hand, are probably the best team in the league right now, and uh, and similarly are scoring an absolute hatful of goals. Uh, this is one, I mean, Portsmouth are, are just about favourites. Um, I have a feeling they'll probably be quite popular with, with a lot of the Yakabakas out there. Um, but there's no way at these prices I'll be backing either of these two teams. Yeah, I mean, Portsmouth's away record in the league this season, 12 wins, five draws uh, and just four defeats. Data-wise, and you kind of touched on it there, talking about Burton and their shots, the numbers very much backing it up. These are the two teams with the best attacking numbers in the league over the last eight to ten games. So we are looking at two teams in really good nick. I think... Um, look, we, we know that in terms of the situation, you've touched on it there, there's a nine-point gap between Burton and, and Doncaster. Um, a very little chance of them reaching it, but also uh, nothing to lose, I suppose, in that sense. Uh, and therefore, we should expect them to, to try and put on another show for their fans in front of the Sky Sports cameras as well. And Portsmouth have to really go for the win. They know that if they win all of their remaining games, which will be very, very tough, then they'll uh, get second spot and be automatically promoted. Now, Portsmouth in good form. I've just taken a look at, at the last few games. What we've seen is that they've they've got over what was a, a big blip, a not insignificant blip around uh, February and early March time. And uh, it's kind of hard to pinpoint exactly what happened there. There was an injury to Jack Watmore, the centre-back, uh, who had such a good partnership with Matt Clark. And, and Christian Burgess has come in. It probably took him a, a couple of games to settle down, I think. But his performances, and also the performances of Ben Close, who had to fill the significant shoes of Ben Thompson, who was recalled by Millwall and is impressing in the championship now. Um, those guys have really found their feet, I think it's fair to say now, in, in the starting eleven. The other big change, of course, being Brett Pittman starting the last five games in, in this withdrawn role behind the supporting striker, uh, behind the striker, I should say, Ollie Hawkins. He'd only started three of 14 league games prior to that. Um, that coupled with Jamal Lowe being simply sensational all season and this Portsmouth side uh, really, really in good nick. George, you, you just called them the, the best team in the league. What's the sort of time frame on that? What's that the last in the in the last month, in the last two months? <laughs> yeah, I'd probably say March and April, really. So the last um, just over six weeks with, with that checker trade win in the middle, they're just absolutely oozing confidence. Um, and and it's, it's pretty rare at this level and we've seen Luton do it. Uh, for the most part of the season, um, except for what's currently a little bit of a wobble uh, and one at the beginning of the season where they're just, just putting teams away fairly comfortably without much um, <clears throat> without much issue. You look at the, the Wickham game as being a 3-2 win, which maybe tells a bit of a different story, but it doesn't really. Um, they were ahead basically the whole of the game. Um, I'm a 3-1 ahead before Wickham got one back. So, um, I mean, my, my angle here is, is just got to be goals. Um, I, I, I can't see this being any other way. Two teams who only know how to attack, whose, whose attacking forces are both come into the game with, with goals under their belt and, and a lot of, um, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of confidence, I guess, uh, that they'll be able to take the back of the net. I don't think either team will come here and set up to defend. Um, I think if, if Burton did that, it would be uh, absolute suicide because um, they've got to play into their strengths, which at the moment is attacking. And we've seen Portsmouth all season, especially away from home. Uh, managing to find goals, so um, so I'm going for BTTS, um, and I, I'm I'm very very surprised that it's four to five. Um, I th I thought it would be a bigger price, given that you know if, if you're looking at recent games, Burton go three five three one three, Portsmouth go two 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 three four. Um, yeah, I can't see this being a snooze fest. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I'm just going to do my usual little breakdown of Burton because I've done the research, so I might as well say the words. <laughs> <laughs> the, the key to their attacking form, I think, recently uh, has been. Uh, 
um, the, the fluidity of this front three, which has become the established front three really since Christmas time. That's Lucas Aikens, Marcus Harness uh, and Liam Boyce. And, and what's notable, especially in that game last weekend, is, is their ability to switch shapes. We know that these are versatile players and they're showing that. Last time out, it was Aikens and Harness uh, basically as a front two with Boyce in behind them as a 10. And then after about half an hour, they went to a more conventional uh, 4-3-3 with Boyce through the middle, as you'd expect, and Aikens and Harness either side. So I think, you, you know, Lucas Aikens is a hugely popular player, both at Burton and across the league in general. Uh, he's a real vet- veteran of the EFL and he's having his best ever season uh, this season. There's a lot made of, of him having played every position for Burton bar goalkeeper. Uh, but that versatility, you know, that has huge value and it translates in to um, him being a key, key player for this Burton side. The same, I think, can be said for, for Marcus Harness, who I really like as a player. He's having a bit of a breakthrough season. He's 23-year-old uh, winger. He, he's, he has played wing back as well. Really, really quick. He's got great feet. Uh, he, he, he's a Burton Youth Academy product, but it's taken him this long to, to really become established. He broke into the team around Christmas time, um, and he's really found his feet, and, and he's been causing defences problems um, significant problems, I should say, over the last two months or so. Uh, behind them, they've got this really nice, very clever midfield three. Uh, Allen and Fraser and Quinn are all good technical players. Uh, and I just think, you know, like you, that this is a game Burton will be going for. That in itself plays into Portsmouth's hands somewhat. We've seen them more comfortable playing against teams who do have a bit of a go at them with a bit of space for Jamal Lowe uh, particularly to work with. So I like both teams to score here as well. You said that was four to five. Because I need to make some points up, I am going to stretch myself a little bit this week. So uh, I'm not going to pick a team to win because I like both sides heading into this one. But given what I said about the situation for both sides trying to get the win, I'm going to take the uh, market, the black type offer, which is both teams to score and either team to win. Um, it's very much this market's debut on the podcast this season. Uh, it's 17 to 10 with black type. So I'm taking BTTS and either team to win. Should be a cracking game either way. Let's get into our normal bets now, George. What's your what's your best bet in the EFL this weekend? Yeah, down to lead two. Um, crew at home to Yeovil. Um, and I assume the reason why we're getting... I mean, we spoke about this on the podcast last year, is that you're getting to a stage of the season now where matches are, are, are slightly... The odds are skewed due to um, what teams have to play for, I guess. Uh, and as such, I'm pretty sure that if crew were seen to have something to play for here, um, they wouldn't be the 17 to 20 that they are. Um, it, it's all gone a bit blue. We, we were getting a bit of kind of even money, 10 to 11 a day or so ago, but that's gone, sadly. And I expect it to, to shorten further. Um, Yeovil obviously should be scrapping for their lives, but we've seen recently that that doesn't seem to really say too much. Uh, just one point in the last five or six games. Um, it's absolutely desperate for them at the moment, and they're not showing. Uh, they, they haven't had a, a turnaround of form since since Darren Way left the club, um, and they are still we're not really showing any signs that they have the, the quality or the belief to get themselves out of this mess. Um, currently, two points behind Macclesfield with very very similar goal differences. Uh, these games are huge, but Crew, um, I mean, just so so strong at home this season. A, a real Jekyll and Hyde team. Um, I think uh, a, a listener sent us um, the graphs. If you backed every single team level stakes at home and away, and, and, and it came out that if you back crew every week at home, um, you'd be significantly up. Um, and if you back them away, you'd, you'd naturally be, be significantly down. Um, I think this is a massive odds on shot. And, and whilst we're backing it at, at 17 to 20, when I made the notes, it was a bit bigger, but still, even at 17 to 20, I think this should be kind of 8 to 13 um, because Yeovil are absolutely desperate. I've only just looked at 
your selections that you sent me just before we hit record and there's some uh, there's some similar thinking uh, for sure but uh, also this is going to be a theme not only are we f- are we finding similar things that we fancy but um, that I maybe for better maybe for worse I'm, I'm kind of overextending myself to try and make up the ground so my league two pick <laughs> although it's not my nap is crew to beat Yeovil minus one uh, on the handicap that's 21 to 10 on uh, black type at the moment uh, my thinking are clearly very similar to yours what is the one thing crewer uh, the only thing they're consistent at and consistently good at is battering bad teams at Gresty Road if you look at their games against team 17th and below uh, beat Grimsby 2-0 beat Morecambe 6-0 Crawley 6-1 Cambridge 2-0 Macclesfield 3-0 Notts County 3-0 uh, and there was a 1-0 home defeat to, to Port Vale which slightly ruins things but generally um, just a, a lot of them covering all sorts of handicaps basically uh, they got the second most home goals in the division uh, and a quick reminder of Yeovil's away form since they turned really bad basically at the start of, uh, of November <laughs> Uh, it's just one win, three draws and 10 defeats. That's four points from a possible 42. Uh, and just to finish with a fun fact here, as we're both trying to get with crew, this is your nap straight up and me, I'm taking it minus one as my league two pick. Um, uh, Yeovil are on their way uh, today to crew. They're training at Aston Villa on the way to this one. Uh, and the link there is that Paul Terry is their first team coach. He is the brother of John Terry. So he has hooked him up, a bit of brotherly love there. That was uh, a bit of info I got from an excellent piece from uh, Ben Fisher in The Guardian, uh, which you should check out online if you want to read a bit more about Yeovil and their uh, caretaker manager, Neil Marmon. Uh, Let me just run through my nap then. It's in League One. And uh, yeah, I see that you've also picked Coventry here. Um, You've picked Coventry outright at four to five, and I'm picking Coventry minus one. Um, as my nap. So there's real potential for for some pure joy, but also some absolute disaster here, uh, (laughs) depending on what happens. Um, Coventry playing Bradford at home, we should say. Uh, Am I reacting to seeing Coventry's front four click for practically the first time all season to destroy Sunderland? Possibly. Do Coventry have an impressive home record? Not particularly. Uh, Eight wins, six draws, seven defeats. Fairly so-so that. Are Coventry at least comfortable playing on the front foot at home in games where they're favourites against lesser teams? Again, not massively. Uh, They've won four, drawn four and lost three at home to teams in the bottom half. So uh, I should say why I have picked them. Three reasons. One, quite hard to find any other value in in League One this week, I would argue. Uh, Number two, uh, Bright Enabakare. Uh, their absolute star going forward. And three, the big one, is that Bradford are the opposition here. Now, Bradford um, absolutely love losing and they have done all season and they've been finding different and more creative ways to do so, no matter who's been in charge. Um, The squad has no backbone whatsoever. And just to try and back that up, because it is a strong statement, how do you how do you measure backbone? It's quite hard to do that. But I think one way of doing it in terms of stats is by looking at equalizers. So when a team goes behind, how often do they score an equalizer? And when a team goes ahead, how often do they hold on to that lead? Um, they've gone behind 31 times this season, Bradford. They've only equalized five out of 31. Uh, that's the worst ratio in the league by miles. Uh, they've gone ahead 19 times. And they've only held on to that lead in 10, so just over 50% of the time. And that's the the fifth worst ratio in League One. So it's clear that that certainly in terms of the playing staff on the pitch, no one really takes responsibility. Um, They've they've got a terrible psychological makeup. And despite 
players that we've seen perform at this level elsewhere, um, they are not a team. Uh, and, and that means, well, that's translated into uh, one of the worst seasons in the club's history. So uh, most of those players know that Gary Boyer is buzzing to flog them in the summer and to mix things up a bit. So even if they won their, their last four games, I think mathematically it's still most likely they'd be relegated. So I think that Coventry could overrun them here uh, and we're both picking them. I've picked them minus one. You've picked them just to win the game outright. Is there anything you wanted to add on top of my uh, rhetorical questioning of myself? <laughs> when I, the question that maybe nearly stopped prevent myself from doing this is that Bradford do seem to be a much better team away from home at the moment I think Valley Parade is is fairly toxic as it is I think we've seen in the past how um, Bradford's big support and big stadium big fan base can often be a difficult make it a difficult place to play um, you're looking at their last three away results they only lost by one goal to Bristol Rovers Charlton and, and Oxford um, I'm not trying to debunk your minus one I'm just maybe explaining why we're getting a little bit of a bigger price. But similarly, <clears throat> with similar, similar circumstantial thinking, it just feels to me like this Coventry team uh, are going to probably, after the Sunderland game, um, which will give them a huge belief, um, and given that they, uh, the, the playoffs are now kind of an outside, a very outside chance, I think it's just going to release the shackles a bit. Um, I think for, for a young squad who, who've risen up very, very quickly, um, maybe just having the pressure off them where there's no expectation to get there but it's still an attainable goal and will sit quite nicely in the way they approach the game. Yeah, so four to five to win the game, uh, two to one to win or to cover the minus one handicap. So that's where my two points is going this week and I'm already absolutely bricking it. Um, Look, what we've got now is the championship and this is the opposite of what we've had so far because, and this doesn't happen very often, very much going against each other. Uh, George, talk to me about your pick in the championship. Yeah, I wrote a piece uh, today about this, about, about Derby um, to beat Birmingham uh, at 9-5. to five. It just seems like an absolutely absurd price. Um, despite, I mean, the reason that Derby are outside the top six is because of a horrible spread of, 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 uh, of results, about seven or eight or so results um, that ended with a 6-1 win against Rotherham. Uh, the reason that ended and the reason why they're now playing better and why they've scored 13 goals in their last four games is Mason Mount. And it's something that we flagged up before he came back, just how much better their form was with him in the team, just how much more effective Harry Wilson is um, when he's playing in his um, more preferred position as well. And uh, Mount, fresh off a hat-trick against Bolton, I think is now showing us not only that as, you know, in terms of how the team works, is he very important as Derby's play, but also now as an individual, he can basically grab games by the scruff, scruff of the neck, prove himself as being quite comfortably the most talented person on the pitch and single-handedly deliver points. Um, if you take that bad blip away from um, away from this, uh, sorry, away from Derby, then they're comfortably top six, and they've still got aspirations to get there as well. This is, you know, they're by no means out of the race to get there. Um, Birmingham, on the other hand, um, I think have basically rallied very well since the points deduction, and they the, the four points they got at home against Sheffield United and Leeds are very, very impressive. But we've seen so many abject displays. Um, at St Andrews I mean whether it's the 2-0 loss uh, against Millwall which at the time looked very important given the circumstances um, the, the Derby defeat to uh, to Villa um, all drawing blanks in these games losing to, to Middlesbrough as well I mean they're just they're, for a team you know you'd expect yourselves to win or not to lose a certain amount of home games and Birmingham just do not have that um, I think if you perform to a certain level against them you can probably expect to come away with three points um, and so I, I just, I mean, I, I'm not saying this just because you, you've got them, but I, I don't understand how at six to four and nine to five, how that percentage works out in terms of Birmingham being that much more the likely winner. 
Um, with Mount and the team, I think that there's um, a, a different quality about about Derby and Birmingham, and and I think it's a and in fairness, Derby's away form isn't decent. They've only won five away away from home this season, or six, I think it is. Um, all of which came when Mount was starting, um, and and they didn't win any when he, when he wasn't there and lost two. So um, yeah, so Derby at nine to five is uh, is a strong fancy. Although I mean, the market's going with you because uh, because it's drifting by the by the second. Right, so I'm going with Birmingham to win to nil uh, at three to one. Uh, as you mentioned, Derby away from home is a, is a big issue for them. Just six points from nine away games since Christmas uh, for County. And chance creation's been a, a consistent feature of that. In six of those nine games, they've created less than, than one expected goal across 90 minutes. Now, they just haven't been able to get much going in an attacking sense. You mentioned Mount there, and of course... Um, he he has the potential to make me look very very silly here, and and while he was, I think he's only played one of those games. I think I mean, I'm I'm asking you rather than telling you that he missed. I think that's right. He missed four of the nine away games since uh, only four. Since Christmas. Okay. So he played okay. played in five of them, missed four the first of them. Five. This yeah. you know this is where we find out exactly how he how good he is. They they have been better of course since he got back, but let's not ignore a performance uh, about a week or so ago at Blackburn at Ewood Park in which he, he was very much part of that team and they, they got absolutely nothing going and lost lost that game 2-0. Um, that was their last away game. And Birmingham, you, funnily enough, you, talk, you were talking about uh, percentages in terms of the, uh, the, the, the odds here. Um, they're a team, when I was thinking about them at home, they are a team that plays the percentages in, in, a, in, in a slightly old school fashion. Um, they are a team whose... Games at St Andrews this season have almost all been generally even contests and, and, and fairly low scoring contests as well. Now, they've not got an exceptional home record, but they have been very tough to beat. Um, they had a couple of shockers against against Millwall and Bolton notably. But generally, as I said, these are these are, are games that are tight. They, they don't go far either way. And, uh, and I, I, I just sort of, th- I, I guess what I think is, well, guess on what I'm relying on, I suppose, with this selection is is Che Adams uh, and the Duke Lucas Djukovic to 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 get Blues ahead, um, and then I, I would be fairly confident that they can defend this Derby side um, sitting deep in two banks of four, which is what they what they're comfortable doing already. You know, that's not a, a change in style; that's something they're comfortable doing. I think that's quite effective against Derby, and my mind goes back to during that bad run of form, that defeat against Millwall that Derby had when. Millwall basically said, go down the sides. You know, w- 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 if you can score from a cross from Bogle uh, or from whoever's playing left back, then fair enough. But we reckon that that's unlikely and we're comfortable defending crosses. So I think if, if Blues can get ahead, I would be comfortable of, I'd be confident of them winning to nil. Uh, of course, the first goal will make all the difference. So you're going with Derby to win nine to five. I'm picking Birmingham to win to nil against Derby as part of my uh, my week of, of uh, slightly, slightly longer I think people people should tweet us after hearing both of our uh, reasons and let us know who they're going to side with beforehand so we don't have lots of after-timers. Yeah, I think, that's a very, <laughs> I think that's a very good idea. I imagine we'll get plenty of tweets saying, I, I reckon this will be a draw, lads. Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, George, where are you going for your both teams to score shot this weekend? Yeah, Sunderland against, um, against Donny. A massive game for both teams. Sunderland in order to to try and keep their automatic promotion hopes in their own hands, Doncaster to keep trying to keep uh, to keep trying to um, ward off uh, Peterborough, who are chasing them down for that last playoff spot. Um, it's three to four, so it's nothing particularly um, exciting. And then that four-five game, Sunderland commentary game, 
wasn't necessarily that other character for something I wouldn't say it was just a couple of deflections here and there prevented um, McLaughlin from from being the hero um, Doncaster's away form isn't the best um, and Sunderland <clears throat> very rarely don't score but I do think that we've seen that pretty much any team in League in League One seems to give Sunderland problems um, at least in terms of, of creating chances even if not scoring them and I'm sure that Doncaster will be able to do the same again so at three to four that's my BTTS yes I'm going BTTS no in Walsall against Southend now I, I'm not predicting an entertaining game by saying that. And I think that, that in terms of uh, nerves, in, in terms of tension, in terms of jeopardy, really, depending on the outcome of the result, this is this is the big one this weekend in League One. Uh, it, it's between a Walsall side that have lost their last six games in the league uh, and a South End side that have lost five and drawn one, uh, which was a remarkable comeback against Fleetwood when they were 2-0 down. Um, early in that game. So just the one point between them uh, in their last six games each. And that says a lot, really. We spoke last week against Walsall before their game against Accrington. We, we actually both sided with them in that game, thinking that there might be a little new manager bounce, I suppose, but also thinking that Accrington were, were no great shakes. But as it turned out, it, it was an even game that, that Accrington nicked. Walsall's big, big, big issue is that if you look at some of the games they lost last month, they were against basically all of the top teams in the division. And there were, quite rightly, um, decent excuses to be made for, for losing those games and actually some quite encouraging performances on the counter-attack. The difficulty, as we know, is when you're down there and you come up against teams around you who don't have the quality and probably don't have the um, the the attacking uh, intentions were well, it's quite hard to to create your own counter-attacks so um, they've now struggled against Oxford and, and against Accrington uh, in, in games where you know the excuses are harder to find when you lose them so I'm not feeling great about Walsall at the same time I think in terms of BTTS no it's more likely to be Southend that draw a blank it could be both of them Southend uh, have failed to score it in four of their last six um, as we've mentioned so many times before basically every Every Sunday scouting report we get about this South End team from opposition fans and quite often from their own fans, it's it's only negative, I'm afraid, and um, that's what people are seeing. It's been reflected in the results. Um, no confidence, no quality, um, and and very little to be positive about. So I think I think this is a, a decent shot, five to six for um, both teams to score. No, uh, in Walsall South End, which leaves our long shot. Yeah, so my long shot is Fleetwood, uh, Peterborough. Peterborough to win and both teams to score. Always a popular bet with Peterborough, but um, they have won their last three games to nil. So what's my thinking here? Um, and it's a little bit of a cheat as well because it's not quite as big as, uh, as some of the say. previous. <clears throat> but I don't really care because <laughs> I, need, I need some points on the board and I, and I want to tip it up. Uh, it's 17 to four, so just a shade over four to one. Um, I can't really work out what's going what's gonna to happen with Fleetwood um, tomorrow because... They haven't announced a suspension of, of Joey Barton from what I can see. Well, he's done, um, his, he's done his press conference this morning. and uh, He's done the press conference this morning. He, he's released a statement saying that he refutes all allegations. So we have to assume that he's going to be on the touchline, which seems absolutely bonkers, given that three days ago I thought he'd probably had his last um, dealings in football. Um, not to say that's right or not, but I just didn't expect him to see him there. Um, Fleet would have lost. Uh, sorry, Fleet would have conceded six goals in the last two games. Um, the season is basically over for them, and and you have to feel like this cloud over Barton is not going to help stuff on uh, on the weekend. 
um, on, on Friday, Peterborough, um, showing a, a, a new touch, really, uh, under Darren Ferguson. So, since the new contract, nine points out, out of nine and, and still hopes of, of getting into the playoffs. Um, they score goals at will, as, as we've seen this season, and, and with Fleetwood shipping a few, um, but having not drawn a blank for five or six games. Um, I think that Peterborough are valued to win the game and, and, I, and I can expect goals as well. So it's 17-4, to four, Peterborough and BTTS uh, is my long shot. Nice. My long shot is an 18 to 1 long shot. And I wish you'd stop whistling down the microphone. It really hurts my in my headphones. <laughs> uh, it's throwing it's throwing me off my scent. Um yeah, it's 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 Sheffield Wednesday half time, Norwich full time. Now this game is on Saturday evening. I think it's 7:45 kickoff on Sky Sports. The fourth game in a quadruple header uh, on Sky Sports tomorrow. And it's 18 to 1 for Sheffield Wednesday to be winning at half time and Norwich to win at full time. I think it's kind of obvious where I'm going with this. And um, anyone who's followed Norwich knows that they've been very good in the second half and that they've had some amazing comebacks. But I mean, did you know that, that in home games at Carrow Road this season in the league, Norwich have actually been losing at half time more often than they've been winning at half time and more often than they've been drawing at half time? So. Eight times they've been behind, seven times it's been a draw at half-time, and six times they've been ahead. Um, the first half goal stats for them, scored 16 and conceded 16, very middle-of-the-road stuff. Second half goal stats, scored 31 and conceded 15. So huge, huge change in performance in the second half. The last six times they've been behind at half-time uh, was against Reading, they drew. Against Bristol City, they won. Against Forest, they drew. Against Rotherham, Millwall and Aston Villa, they all came back to win. So four wins out of the last six times they've been behind at halftime. The most usual halftime score at Carrow Road this season is 0-1, 1-0 to the opposition. Uh, that's happened six times. So 29% of their home games, they've been 1-0 down at, at halftime. And a Sheffield Wednesday side that we know to be fairly good at the moment, a team that can create chances, that didn't have the best time against Leeds last weekend, but who generally... Um, have the quality to create and and could I'm not saying they will be but could be ahead at half time here if they are one nil up at half time I'll be licking my lips because this Norwich side have plenty still to play for to get over the line get themselves up to the Premier League uh, and based on on the stats that I read out uh, and and kind of my gut feeling as well um, I, I like eighteen to one for this long shot and it could be it could be a real game changer put it that way so um yes yeah, so thank you so much for listening guys George can you just run me through your selections ahead of the good Friday fixtures please yes yeah, so the nap is crew um at ten to uh, no at seventeen to twenty um the match and focus so I should start with BTTS at four to five um championship derby to beat Birmingham uh, league one Coventry uh, to beat Bradford, uh, BTTS Sunderland against Doncaster, and then Bosch and BTTS uh, is the long shot. Right, so in my match in focus, I've got, uh, well, this is Burton against Portsmouth, isn't it? And I've got BTTS and either team to win at 17 to 10. In the championship, I've got Birmingham to win to nil against Derby in League One. My nap, Coventry, minus one. Uh, in League Two, Crew minus one. 
Uh, BTTS, no, in Walsall against Southend. And the long shot is very long this weekend. Sheffield Wednesday halftime, Norwich full-time in the game at Carrow Road. Absolute scenes if that comes in. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, As we said on Twitter earlier, we were a bit confused about how we were going to work it with two game weeks in the space of one long weekend. So we're going to do two shows. This recorded on a Thursday for the Friday matches. And we'll be releasing a show on Saturday as well at some point ahead of the Easter Monday fixtures. So please make sure you're subscribed. Please make sure, uh, if, if you can, that you share these podcasts if you enjoy them. Because clearly Easter weekend is a busy time. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'd be very grateful that, that uh, if we put in a bit of effort to, to record two pods, um, we'd be very grateful for a bit of recognition with a share or, 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 a, or a recommendation or whatever that might be. Um, But as always, we just thank you for listening uh, and we'll be talking to you again in, in a matter of days.